Coach John sits down with summer teammate Birch Herring-Jackson, a Division Three infielder at Vassar College, to talk about all things baseball up to and including what it takes to walk on at the college baseball field at any level. All that and more on this episode of Tip of the Cap Podcast. The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to a Tip of the Cap podcast brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap podcast. I am Coach Jaws, and joining me here today, probably one of the best-named guests I've had in a long time, Birch Herring Jackson, uh, teammate of mine over the summer in Erie Buffalo on the 25 and over team and Vassar College player. Uh, Birchie, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. Super good. excited to be joining you. Yeah. Had a lot of fun playing ball with you this summer, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, RJ, Coach Ralph, he, uh, he asked me when I was uh, coming home from school, he's like, hey, like we could use a little bit of youth on the team. I was like, why not? You know what I mean? It's more at bats, more baseball to play and uh, a couple under the lights games. And you guys were great. It was really great to just, you know, be a part of uh, a team of guys that just was really playing because they love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's the cool part about, you know, when you get older and, you know, your college career is over and everything else, you know, there's leagues out there for guys that want to hang out and play ball because they love it. And there we were lucky enough to have a couple leagues like that here in the Western New York area. And like I said, it was a blast playing with you, man. It was a good time. Uh, you know, we talked a lot of baseball, you know, between the bats and, you know, during innings, you're playing second, I'm playing first and just kind of joking around and stuff the whole time. It was a good time. Absolutely. It was great. I mean, that's what baseball is all about, right? You that's, what it, that's absolutely what it should you, be. About. Uh, exactly. You build new relationships, you learn the game, you you talk with guys about what they've experienced. And uh, it's all just about learning, honestly. I mean, especially more for me, who I've got, I've got more years of college baseball to go and uh, hopefully years after that. So no, I, I had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. Well, let's uh, let's start this thing off the way I start off all my episodes with guests. Why don't you uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, where you've played, where you've been, and uh, where you hope to be going? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm originally from Elma, New York. So I attended Iroquois High School. Uh, I started playing baseball when I was about five years old. Um, I actually started my t-ball years out in South Buffalo because that's where my dad was from originally, and that's where we had lived um, when I was little. So my first three years, I played two years, three years of T-ball, whatever it was, two or three years, uh, was played at South Buffalo um, over on, uh, I want to say it's called like O'Kell Street, something like that. South Buffalo Little League. Yeah, that sounds um, right. So that, yeah. So, so those are my, uh, those are my T-ball years. And then we made the move out here to Elma and I started playing coach pitch and machine pitch at EMW at Creek Road, um, which is two minutes down the road from where I live. So those fields have been my home for a long time. Um, and kind of when we moved here, um, my dad was still living in South Buffalo a little bit. So I would actually do a lot of stuff with him on the weekends at Kaz park. So I, I can remember vividly on weekends, spending hours on the weekends with him taking ground balls and hitting and batting practice at Kaz. Um, the Kaz and the, oh, down at the Kaz bowl, <laughs> those fields have seen better days, unfortunately. But, um, 
that's always going to be where I started. Um, you know, the tree in center field. And um, I remember being little and we'd pull up and there'd be PAL games going on when I was little and travel uh, games with like the Buffalo wings. And so I remember watching those games when I was little and just thinking like, Hey, like maybe I'll be here one day. And you know, those kids were obviously a little older than me at the time, but uh, so then we made the move here to EMW and I started playing travel when I was eight years old. Um, I was playing house uh, just how, you know, what everybody does when you first want to try a sport, you go to the rec league and you start that. And uh, I remember my first year, I was seven years old. And um, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm not the biggest guy out there by far. I'm 19 years old and I'm pretty sure there's an entire roster of little league baseball players at the world series right now. That's probably taller than me. That is probably um, very true. Exactly. So uh, I was just a little kid and I had this 12 and a half inch Nakona, like outfield glove pretty much. Um, and it was absolutely massive. It was bigger than my face. And uh, I remember I was playing for this team. I was playing for the Royals at the time and my dad was coaching. And then one of the other dads was coaching and the other dad would call me the vacuum because this glove was so big. And he was just like, anything that's hit his way, he's going to field it. The glove's just so big. Um, and so I remember that thoroughly. And then I remember my mom telling me that one of the parents was saying like, Hey, um, why don't you, uh, why don't you have Birch try out for the uh, local travel team? You know, my, uh, my son's going to play and, uh, here's the coaches and blah, blah, blah. And so I remember, uh, I went out and I tried out and again, I, I was probably the smallest one there. Um, that's, that's how it's always been for me. Um, and while I don't remember the tryout necessarily, what I do remember, and I actually found this out a little later and I'm sure he probably won't listen, but, um, his name was Mr. Plonka, and he was one of the lower level assistant coaches on the team at the time. And uh, I remember probably five or six, no, probably like four or five years ago, I was playing a travel tournament with his son, and we were out to eat in between games. And he was telling us the story, and he goes, "Yeah, I remember um, they were getting to the end of tryouts, and uh, the head coaches. We were all talking about who we're going to take for the team, and all the coaches were like, I mean, we really only want to take eleven players.'" And we don't want to make kids just sit the bench. And honestly, like, I don't really think Birch is like physically grown enough to be playing right now. Like, I don't think he's quite where we want him to be. And uh, I remember Mr. Plonka saying like, listen, if I get one kid that I get to take on this team as a coach, like I want him on the team. I like what he's got. And um, I can't thank him enough for that because that's where it all started. Um, I mean, again, they stuck me out in right field and I probably hit dead last in the order, but that was what started what's turned out to be an amazing baseball career for me. I've played travel baseball. I started with EMW uh, in my eight U year when I played with them and I played EMW travel baseball from eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, um, 14 U we had like a split EMW team. And then I remember uh, 14 U I was, um, I was looking to play some fall ball. And one of the only areas teams in the area that did fall ball was new era at the time. And so I remember heading over to New Era, did a, did a tryout with uh, Neil Turvey. And uh, he, uh, so I played fall ball with them uh, that year. And Neil's a great guy. Um, I remember that we played at uh, Sal Magley quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we had, a, we actually had a lot of kids from Canada on the team. So uh, I played fall ball with him. And then that fall, I remember um, Dennis Crowley being over in, uh, in the facility and, uh, I was, I was throwing a bullpen or something and he was, he came over and he was like, Hey, um, what are you doing next summer? 
And I was like, well, I kind of already have a team, blah, blah, blah. And you know, Dennis, he looked at me and he goes, come on, he goes, come on. I think you can come over and you can just play with me. Right. And I was like, it's like, listen, like, I really don't want to upset anybody. I've already made a commitment, blah, blah. He's like, all right, well, how about this? How about you just come and you play with us when you can, we'd really love to have you be a part of the team. And I was like, and all I saw there was an opportunity for more baseball. Sure. So my 14 year year, I ended up playing with Dennis in the summer and back with the MW. And then my 15 year year, um, I ended up heading over and I uh, started playing with Jeff Helmbrick of the Western New York prospects. Yep. And that's where I finished out my travel baseball was with him and the prospects. And uh, I, I really uh, appreciate what Jeff does over there. And he ran a good program. And uh, my showcase year, uh, we were filled with talent. We had a lot of good guys. It was like in the infield. I just remember it was me, uh, Christian Pagano, Trent Rumley, um, Zach Evans from Orchard Park. Justin Holdo was catching. Jason Manziel was behind the plate for us. We just had a really strong group of guys from my graduating class on our showcase team. And that, that was a really fun year. Um, but unfortunately that was right around when COVID was hitting, you know what I mean? Right. And so I don't think, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people realize, but my class, the class of 2021, uh, high school graduates, I think honestly, we probably were affected by COVID the most in terms of, uh, in terms of looking at colleges and just how our baseball career ended up going. Um, so anyway, I finished up my travel baseball with the prospects and then, um, I ended up, I knew when I was probably starting at about the age of 12 that I wanted to do, um, college baseball. I, I love the game so much. And I knew that, uh, continuing playing was something that was at the top of my list when I was looking at what I wanted to do after high school. And, um, so I had a list of schools that I was looking at and uh, I had coach uh, Jeff reach out to some schools for me and I was talking to some schools and whatever. And then I ended up being part of this scholarship program called the Questbridge National College Match, which um, a lot of details into that, but a rundown is just they help put kids with schools that they think fit them the best. And um, it was through a wonderful scholarship opportunity that I decided to go to Vassar. And it was strictly an academic decision at that point. Um, I talked with my parents and I said, listen, I haven't been able to get in contact with the Vassar coaches. I don't know what the baseball deal is over there. Um, but this scholarship is just too good to pass up. So I, uh, I decided that that's where I was going to go. And I was going to hope that the baseball kind of let itself happen the way it did. So finally, um, February of my senior year before I was going to head to school, um, I got an email from their head coach and he said, listen, our roster's looking pretty full right now. I don't, I don't really know what we're going to be able to do for you. And, uh, he said, I can give you the fall to try out essentially and show us what you can do. And then we'll make a decision on whether we'll keep you for the spring. And at the time, um, that was upsetting. I mean, you know, I don't get me wrong. I was super thankful for the opportunity to try out, but at the same time, you know, at first, that first reaction is kind of like, it, it was a, it was a, it was a shot. It was a shot to the, to the heart a little bit because I knew then that there was no guarantee that I was going to get to play after high school. And that was, that was really scary for me, especially because of how my last two seasons had gone in high school. Uh, my junior season was non-existent with COVID just zero games. And then my senior year was um, we got to play, which was great, but I didn't even know that was happening. I mean, it was February at the time. You know what I mean? We were kind of, right. we were in the, in the heat of COVID with the, with being indoors and that type of thing. And so I was like, I don't know what this spring is going to look like either. So, um, but I started preparing for that. And uh, now I'm going into my sophomore year at Vassar college as a walk on 
and I couldn't be more thankful for uh, for the opportunity that lies ahead. I, I think this year is going to be really special, um, and I'm just super excited to get started. Now, Vassar, uh, and I, I, honestly, I had never heard of Vassar until we played together and we got to talking on the, you know, on the bench yeah. and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Vassar's in the Liberty League. Liberty League is an incredible, a really, really talented um, Division three division that includes yeah. Bard College, Clarkson, uh, just scrolling through here, Hobart, RIT, U of R. Uh, I can't say that. R- RPI, <laughs> uh, Ithaca, yep. uh, Skidmore. St. Lawrence. I mean, these are solid schools. This is a good, this is a good division. So it's not like you're absolutely, you know, not like you're, you're going to a school that you're like, Oh, well, you know, this is a school where it's, you know, high end academic and, you know, I'll probably be okay with the baseball team. You chose to go for academics and basically just said, I'm going to bet on myself that I've done the work and done what I needed to do to make this work. And, you know, it turns out that you did. What was it like going into like the unknown of going to a college and really not having spoken to the coach and not really knowing what you were walking into and then take, take us through like the fall, like walk-on process. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm not going to, I was terrified. Um, I'm not someone who, uh, who's done anything like that before ever. I mean, you know, you hear the MJ story and it's, uh, it's all oh, I got cut from my high school team. So it made me work harder. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd had some challenges, um, just being with how big I was and my size and that type of thing, but nothing to this extent. So, um, going in, I was just, I told myself that I have to be the guy that stands out in other ways. Cause I'm not going to stand out physically and I have to be okay with that. Right. And I think that one of the biggest things that I could say to any high school player going into their first year of college is stick to you because guys try to get on campus and they try to do so much more because they feel like they need to. And don't get me wrong. The first time I was at a practice or a fall practice, when I saw the guys and I saw the juniors and the seniors that are, you know, way bigger than me, including, and let's, and let's call it what it is. They're grown men. They're grown men, including our closer who was six foot seven and was touching 92. I was scared shitless. I'm not going to, not going to lie. It was a terrifying thing to go into. But like I said, I told myself in the beginning, I have to, um, I have to find ways that I can set myself apart, um, that I know that I can control. What can I control? Um, so one of the biggest things was I knew that in my schedule, happily, the way it worked out was, um, our practices would start Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then scrimmages on Saturday, inter squads. And I, my one Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule was nice because my classes were done by like noon and practices didn't start until four. Um, so the coach had sent out some stuff and he was like, listen, like we're going to have some early work at three o'clock and then practice starts at four. Um, if you can make it to early work, great. If not, no worries. Um, the way that my schedule worked out, uh, I can make it to early work every day. And I said, early work starts at three. I'm at the field at two 30. I can do everything I need to do and I can be at the field at two 30 every day. And so I, that's what I did. I would be at the field two 30 and I was the only one there. And did it matter? No, because I knew that when the coach pulled up at two 45, I was already there. I was the first person he saw every day. And that was in my control. I was able to do that. So that was a big thing for me, I think was um, being able to be there early and show him that like, Hey, I want this. And I'm going to make it really hard for you to say no. Right. Um, so 
in the fall, I started, um, I kind of just, I kind of just got right into it. I mean, I'd been a part of a high school team, obviously, for four years, and I'd played a lot of travel baseball. So it was kind of nice to understand, like, the guys, we all kind of came from the same place. You know what I mean? We all came from playing high school and travel baseball. And while they might be um, a little bigger than me or a little older than me, um, we're all there for one reason, and that's to hopefully win baseball games when the spring comes. So, um with the fall season, we did four weeks of that Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, and then the inner squads. And um, so when practice days rolled around, um, like I said, I showed up early. Um, I was the first one there, and I was one of the last ones to leave. Um, after the day was over, I mean, in one practice, you're probably getting about 20 to 30 swings, whether that be a front toss or BP on field. Um, but I'd make sure to make it a point to take 30 extra swings off the tee or 30 extra rounds of front toss with another freshman after practice was over. Cause again, um, that's something that the coach could see that I cared enough to put in extra work. And I mean, I wasn't just doing it for him. I was doing it for myself as well, because I knew that again, these were the little things that I needed to do to take myself a step above just because I might not be the biggest or the fastest or the strongest at the time. Um, another thing was just the way you hustle just all the way through. Um, if I hit a ground ball, it was a hard 90, try to beat it out every single time. Um, I probably had two or three infield hits, you know, during the fall, which showed him that, um, I might not be a doubles guy right now, but if I can get bigger and I can get stronger and, uh, everything, then that's something that, um, will eventually come, but I have the tools to be able to put together good at bats. Um, I worked good at bats. I fouled pitches off. You know what I mean? I, I really focused on what was key points of my game that could help me to, uh, to give a lineup a different look, you know what I mean? Right. And, um, so that's pretty much what the fall looked like. And I just, I gave it everything I had, you know what I mean? I made sure I was getting good sleep. I was, um, I was pre at practice early, staying at practice late. Um, and I just, you know, I left everything out there. And I think that, uh, I think that's really as a freshman, that's a big thing that a lot of guys can, can really focus on that doesn't take um, that doesn't take you to be the best athlete on the field. You know what I mean? Just leaving everything out there, every pitch. Um, and Hey, you never know what'll happen. So then, um, the four weeks was over. And, uh, I remember it was our, one of our last practices of the fall and the coach called me over with the assistant and, uh, he was sitting in the dugout and he was like, Hey, um, I just want you to know that like, we really, really like the way that you play. And, uh, we're going to keep you for the spring season. So, and I was just, I was ecstatic at that point. You know what I mean? Cause, right. and I, and I, you know, my parents didn't know or anything and I was super excited to tell them and all that stuff. And, uh, and it just so happens that like, so I ended up calling my mom and I told her right away. Cause you know, I knew she'd be happy for me and all that stuff. Of course. Um, you gotta keep mom in the loop. You gotta keep and mom for any, any players listening. Listen, I don't care how old you are. Mom is your biggest fan. I don't 100%. care how mad you are. I don't care how many chores she makes you do. That lady will be your biggest fan for your entire life. And that's, that's a hundred percent true. So I called her right away and I told her and she was super excited for me and she teared up a little bit and I teared up a little bit. It was, it was great. Um, but even bigger than that was uh, telling my dad because my dad's been the one person that no matter what has been there for me um, when it comes to throwing extra BP 
um, hitting me extra ground balls, um, taking time out of his day after a really long, grueling day at work to drive out and go to the batting cages and let me get swings in. Um, even now this summer, he's been unbelievable in terms of helping me um, get to where I want to be. Um, so lucky for me, the the day that our fall ball ended and the day that I learned I was going to be on the team was actually the start of our fall break. So not a lot of colleges have this, but we happen to have this week long fall break um, in the middle of October or at the end of October. So fall ball was done. And I, uh, and as soon as I knew I made the team, I went to the bookstore and I bought a Vassar baseball hat. And so I knew I was leaving to come home that day. So I bought the hat and I was like, okay, I'm coming home, blah, blah, blah. My dad called me and cause he knew it was the end of the like false fall tryout period. And he was like, Hey, like, did the coach say anything? And I said, no, he just told me like, he's going to let me know and they're going to make their final decisions. And he'll probably give me a call later this week. He was like, okay. And I was like, all right, I'll see you when I get home. So I get home and my mom and dad are both here and I walk in the house and I have the hat and I, uh, I, I forget exactly what I said, but I said something like, Hey, I just want you to know, or, um, I forget what I said, but I said, Oh, I said, uh, Hey, I have a surprise. I got you something. And then I go out, I get the hat and I give it to him. And then he goes, and then he was like, Oh, that's cool. And then he's like, and then I was like, well, it's so that you can wear it this spring when you come watch me play. And he was, he was like, he was like, Oh, you made it. And it was just, and we, had, I just hugged him. Right. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's something I'll never forget. Yeah. And because, those, I mean, those are the type of moments that, you know, as, as fun as it is to find, and this will actually be a fun little segue into some other stuff we talked about discussing today. Um, you know, it, it's one thing when you find out you try out for a travel team and you make the team, you know, uh, some schools, you know, d- barely have 15 guys come to varsity tryouts, other schools, yeah. you know, you, like finding out you made your, your school team is a big deal. Having that uncertainty of being unrecruited to the college you're trying to make the team on and being told that, and then being able to share that with your family is just a new level. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, absolutely. That's something you'll remember. And I, I'm actually like, that's cool as hell hearing that story. Like I, that's yeah. cool. you know, we didn't, we didn't actually talk about that at all. I, I knew you no, walked out yeah. at Vassar, but I didn't know the story. So that's really cool. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was super special for me to be able to do. Cause I, I mean, like, I know that the, and I'm sure it's like this, you know, guys, when they commit, and it's super great for them. And they, you know what I mean? But to, to put in a full season or not a full season, a full fall of just absolutely the hardest work that I have um, and give it everything that I've got pretty much. And then be rewarded with something like that to be able to share with my parents and know that for the next four years, like it's going to be okay. Like I'm going to, I get to go to an amazing school academically um, with a scholarship that I couldn't be more thankful for and be also able to play the game that, I knew I've wanted to play at the next level for the last seven years. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. And I can't, I can't thank the coaches at Vassar enough for giving me the opportunity. So I was, uh, I was just super, super happy to be able to do that and uh, share it with my family. Like you said. Well, and, and as a coach, I'm sure they would look at you and say, we didn't give you the opportunity. You earned it. And that's, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's a big thing. I mean, we talk, I talk about it on the show a lot with a lot of different guests I've had on, you know, doing the work, like, did you do enough yesterday to deserve what you want today? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that that's a perfect example of exactly that, you know, putting the work in, doing the extra things. It takes no hustle to be early. It takes no talent to be on time. It takes no talent to want to do extra work. 
the least talented dude on the on the field can want to do as much work as anybody. It takes no no physical gifts to do that. It takes a desire, and that is a big deal. You know, so and for the younger guys out there who listen, for the parents of younger athletes who listen to this, you know, that's that's a message. You know, when you're when you talk to your son or when you know if you're playing and you say, "Oh, I should really go lift today. Uh, maybe I should get a run in today. Maybe I should go throw. Maybe I should go hit." Ah, oh, but Call of Duty just came out. There's somebody else who said, you know what? I don't need to play Call of Duty today. I can, I'll, it'll be there later. Stuff like that. I mean, you can't get back the work, but you yeah. can get back opportunities for the work you put in. And absolutely. And it's, and more than anything, I think it's, it's a process. Like, I, I think guys need to understand that, especially younger guys. Like when you start getting in the weight room, like it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a week. It's not going to happen in a month. I'm going to go, I'll be heading back to school this week. And when I stepped on campus last fall, a year ago, I was 127 pounds and five foot four. And I'm still five foot four. That hasn't changed, (laughs) unfortunately, but I got myself up to 150. And that was huge for me because that was one of the biggest things that the coaches said was like, listen, like we love how you play. But right now, you, you physically, you're not quite there. Like right. I, you want you to know, and I said absolutely, I understand. But the best part about it is, is you have 34 other guys on campus that all want the same thing for you, and that you can look at and say, "Hey, that's who I'm chasing. Like right. that's that's who I want to be." And you know what I mean. And I think I think that's a big thing for like guys going into their first year is look at the guy that right now is at your position. That's going to probably be the starter. And Hey, if that's going to be you walking on freshman year, a good for you, but B at that point, it might be a little tougher because you're really just trying to outdo yourself. But if it's not the case, um, look at the guy that's ahead of you and say like, what did he do today? And, uh, and one of the, the head coach at school told me this, um, he, it was a random winter day and we were at a basketball game and he had stopped by and I went over to him to say hi. And, uh, and he looked at me and he said, so how are things going? And I was like, really, really good. Like, this is how the weight room's going, blah, blah, blah. This is how like my eating's going, all this stuff. And he looked at me and he goes, I want you to keep this in mind every day. I want you to ask yourself, what is the starting shortstop for Vassar college doing today? And are you doing it? And I think that's a great message for anybody that's going into their first year. And I mean, you don't have to be a first year, anybody that's playing next level baseball anywhere, or even high school baseball. What is the starting player at your position doing today for your program? And are you doing that? If not more. Right. So, and I mean, if you can live by that type of mantra, um, I think you'll, you'll find yourself having a lot of success. That's the, uh, one of my, one of my other shows, we talk about the dog per 60 uh, made up metric that we have, you know, how much dog does that dude have in him for 60 minutes of play? And in baseball, it'd be how much dog do you got for nine innings? And yeah, that's that dog. That's that, you know, when people talk about it and it, it's such a hot button thing, to, especially on Twitter, you hear about, Oh, this guy's a dude, this guy's a grinder. What does that really mean? You know, are, yeah. you, are you really grinding or are you just that dude that gets a little dirty when you play on, you know, and it looks good for a while, but when you get to that next level, are you willing to grind to the dude who's ahead of you because every mm-hmm. single kid that goes to college has someone ahead of you, whether you know it or not. Yep. And at the, uh, at the end of the day, it's, uh, nobody cares. Right. I mean, as, as brutal as that sounds, like I learned that very quickly at the end of the day, no one cares. 
I mean, do you, did you work harder? Okay. That's good for yourself. You do it. you get, you, you eventually do have to do it for yourself right? because no one really cares if you, if you put in the work, I mean, if you want to sit the bench for four years, then go ahead and don't do any work. Don't do any extra work. Um, just try to coast by. And, uh, and I think that's the biggest thing going from high school to college is, uh, um, a lot of the, and I say this all the time, the difference between division one and division three isn't necessarily the talent. It's the depth because at the division one level, you have four guys at the shortstop position that all pretty much do that. Whether that be throw 90 across the diamond, hit one Oh two exit velos consistently, that type of thing. You have four guys on the roster that do that, where at the division three level, you might have one and he might be a little bit below that metric, but everybody at the college level was probably one of the best players in high school. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. very, very rare that a, an average high school player, it gets to be on a college, a college roster, let alone play and start like start and play consistently. Right. You know, it's just mm-hmm. usually those guys, if they do make it to that level, they weed themselves out or, you know, they end up being that guy who's kind of just there watching, holding the clipboard and hanging out. Exactly. And at that point, exactly, it's a, it's more about what you don't do than what you do. You know, it's, are you a distraction? You're not cool. Love to yep. have you type thing. So, yep. um, now you, you just recently, I saw you posted a, or you were, you were posted in a picture with coach news down with, uh, hanging out with the dirt bags yes. and kind of getting a little, little taste in the coaching world there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so why don't, you, uh, why don't you take us, take us through that a little bit? Cause now yeah, coach news was your high school coach, right? Yeah. So, um, my high school coach for my first years was Marv Madison. And then my junior year snooze came in. And uh, he took the program over with uh, Coach Ralph. And so they came in junior year and we started our off-season workouts and we got to March 23rd or whatever that magical day was. And that was it. So junior year just dissipated into pretty much nothingness. Um, So then we came back senior year and we were like, well, time to run it back again. So uh, Coach Snooze came back again with Coach Ralph and we got to work. And um, senior year, we ended up, finishing undefeated in the regular season in ooh, let's see you might know more than me class a1 yes. section champions or a2 I no i think we i think we're a2 so, yeah. yeah so we ended up undefeated for the season winning the section uh six a2 championship and that was my second one back to back i had won one my sophomore year playing varsity as well um and so that summer my senior summer um I knew Coach Snooze had a travel team that he was running uh, with the dirt bags, and I had seen them play once or twice, kind of like that. Um, and then he actually ended up asking me one day if I could help umpire a game for him. And I was like, well, I've never done that before, but I think I know enough baseball. I can give it a try. So I went and I umped one of his dirt bag games here locally. And um, I, I think, I, I really enjoyed being around coach news. I mean, he's, uh, he's been around the block in terms of the baseball stuff. And I think that's where we really bond, um, is being able to talk about those types of things. Uh, whether it be what we see, what I saw when we were playing games in high school or things that he's learned from, you know, being, uh, down the road and back a few times with, uh, with the minor leagues and that type of thing. So then this summer, um, again, I knew he was, uh, he was doing the dirtbags travel team again. And, uh, 
I had been down and uh, watched them and I'd actually gone through a couple practices with them and got some extra BP in on a Saturday or two um, with him. And then he sent out a tweet on a random Thursday afternoon that said something like, Hey, headed down to Virginia tech for the weekend with the boys, super light roster. Let me know if you, uh, if you want to join. And I, you know, replied back jokingly, of course, like, Hey, if you need a shortstop, let me know. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. You can be 16 from the Dominican Republic. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> um, but then he, uh, he sent me a text shortly after that. He was like, Hey, listen, uh, both my coaches that usually help me out, uh, can't make it this weekend. Uh, I got an extra spot in the van. If you want to just ride down and, uh, help out and we're going to be at the Virginia tech field for a few games and, uh, it'll be super fun. And I was like, you know what? I hadn't taken a vacation all year. I'd been playing all summer. Um, and I just really do. I love baseball and to be able to go check out a campus like Virginia tech and, uh, and that type of thing was awesome. So I was like, Hey, yeah, why not? So I hopped in the car. I drove down with him, um, down there and, uh, it was a super great opportunity. I mean, I, you know, I hit fungos to the guys and I coach first base and I talk to the umps down there every <laughs> that's inning. Ha- that's half and, the fun. Yeah. It's half the fun. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so that was super fun. And I, I super thankful for to coach news for letting me do that. But, uh, I think coaching something that I definitely see in my future once I, uh, once I get done doing whatever I'm going to do. And, uh, strictly because I think I love the game of baseball enough to where I'd like to share what I've learned and what I know with other people and other kids. Um, so it was, it was super fun. And I got to see some high quality baseball down there and the Virginia tech campus is unbelievable. Their field and stadium is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, they, we actually had access to their indoor facility. So I brought my batting gloves and I took some hacks in there. So that was super cool too. So no, it was a super great opportunity. I was, uh, I was really happy to be able to do that. That's awesome. And now you, uh, we kind of talked a little bit, you, you know, you came through the Western New York travel baseball scene, and now you've dabbled a little bit as a player coach, kind of hybrid, uh, (laughs) coaching obviously, but still like very, very much in your playing career, uh, in college and in summer ball and stuff. Uh, what have you seen over your years going from EMW to the prospects and now being, you know, helping out with the dirt bags and playing some triple ABA, some, some uni ball, stuff like that. What have you seen, in the summer scene as a player and then stemming Um, into the coaching side of it. Yeah. I mean, more than anything, I think, uh, Western New York has some really good baseball players. I mean, I just, like I mentioned before, when I played with the prospects, my class that we had for that showcase team alone, those kids like Rumley, uh, Pagano, Manziel, Hodel, all guys that are in college right now playing and, you know, Rumley's at Canisius, uh, playing there uh Manzel at Brockport Hodel at Niagara and Trip, um Pagano at ECC now um and it's just it's just Western New York has some really great baseball and I think uh I think another thing that I've seen is um and this kind of is more from the coaching perspective is uh is when you go down south like those kids down there are no joke and uh I mean you see guys that play at higher levels coming from Western New York, whether that be your Joe Max of the, of the area. Um, like when you go down South, that's where you're going to play the best competition. I mean, those kids, they just breed them different down there. And right. I mean, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory when you get to play all year round and you get to start your school season in January and there's not two feet of snow outside. <laughs> um, and you're in the dim lights of a gym. But I think like if, 
if there's a way that you can find yourself playing summer baseball against the best competition possible, if that's feasible for you and you see yourself doing that at the next level, then I think that's what you need to be doing in the summer, especially. Um, I think when you're younger, like the, the tens, the elevens, the twelves, I think that's a great time to play with your local town travel team. If that's something that you want to do, because those are the kids that you grow up with. Right. And I mean, when you're 10, 11, and even into the 12, like 12 years, the Cooperstown year, Cooperstown was one of the greatest weeks of my life. And I'm 19 years old now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of time left and a lot more weeks to live. But as of right now, like that's one of the weeks that I'll always remember is being with the guys in the barracks, trading pins and playing at the field with the green monster and all that type, all those things that, um, come with playing with kids that you grew up with. Um, and I think younger kids need to be okay with just playing baseball. It's not, it's not important when you're young to have six hitting coaches and 8,000 different things that you need to be doing, like do what you want to do. And for me personally, like I didn't play any other sports besides baseball, really. Right. And that's not a knock to kids that do. It's just the other sports probably would have ruined me. If I would have played football, I may not be here in one piece right now, especially with <laughs> plenty, plenty you know, of got plenty of guys in this area that are your size have played football and been fine. I know, I know, but <laughs> no, that was more my mom. My mom was very anti-football for me, but anyway, um, I just didn't play football. I never really got into anything else. And baseball was just something that I just loved from the start. And I didn't mind not doing anything else, but that's not to say like other sports are great. Like, go play everything you can when you're little. You know what I mean? If you got a buddy that's like, Hey, you should come play soccer with me. And you're 11 years old and you like that kid a lot. And your best friends go play soccer. Who cares? You know what I mean? Right. Run a little bit. It's fun. Um, but I just thinking about how I grew up was, um, going out with my dad to Kaz and in the backyard and just throwing, taking ground balls and hitting, like, just do it, man. Yeah. It's not, you don't have to have a special place to do it. You don't have to have a spec, just, just go do it and play the game. And I remember I'd go with my dad and I'd pretend that I was pitching for the Mets and he was whoever, and we'd spend three hours a day, just, just making stuff up and just having fun with it. You know what I mean? I think, I think the days of wiffle ball in the backyard um, for five hours at a time are kind of dwindling. Yeah, I think guys my age kids. enjoy that more now than kids do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's where you learn more things about the game, even necessarily than, uh, than when you're actually playing baseball, you know what I mean? Cause who knows what you might find out. Um, maybe you find out, Oh man, I really like pitching or, Oh, I really like playing this position. And then you go and you try it out and now you're a natural at it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I think one of the, one of the biggest, uh, uh, examples of that is Max Clark is like the top prospect in the class of 2023 um, committed to Vanderbilt, you know, just naturally born bred, just athletic kid. Um, it's August 21st and he's probably playing Friday night light football right now. Actually, I know he is cause he posted about it on Twitter. Right. Um, and so if the number one kid in the class of 23 going to Vanderbilt is playing football and baseball and other things like go do it, man, go, go do what you enjoy. And maybe that's not baseball. And I know this is about baseball and this is a baseball podcast, but, uh, but more than anything else, it's like, I think, and I thank my parents for this a lot. I think at any time, if I would have come home and been like, you know, I don't really think baseball is for me anymore. I think they would have been like, Oh, okay. What do you want to try now? You know what I mean? Just right. do what you like to do. And don't, don't feel like you have to do something because other people tell you 
And I think that's, that's a big thing for younger kids is just do what makes you happy and do what you really enjoy doing. Well, and that's a big part of it too. Cause I know there, I, there's a lot of kids and I've been, I realized the other day I've been coaching for 16 years, which makes me feel really, oh. really old. I started, <laughs> I started coaching when I was 19. Um, a, uh, an opportunity presented itself when I was, uh, after I stopped playing football my freshman year and right like the week after I got an email from the guys at new era. Hey, we're looking for part-time help. I trained at their facility from the time I was 15. I was like, Hey, just happened to watch the email pop up. Hey, you guys still need help. Yes, we do. All right. And the next year I started coaching for them in the summer and yeah. the rest is history. I mean, I've right. taken that into, I mean, I was a, a two sport athlete, most of my high school career. Uh, my senior year, I hurt my shoulder making a tackle and to the point that I'm like, I'm lucky I'm a first baseman and a DH because I don't know if I can throw right now. And one of the things I ended up doing, and uh, I admit this on the podcast openly, and I end up getting made fun of for it quite a bit, actually, by uh, a few people, but I swam. I got in the pool because my friends were doing it and it was something to do in the winter. And I was taking BP anyway. I was hitting in the cages all the time. And my shoulder hurt, so taking infield and stuff didn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I got in the pool and I swam. And I got out about a month before baseball tri- tryouts. I picked up a ball through it and went, wow, that doesn't hurt no more. Yeah. It just happened to it happened to be one of the better things I did. It was a lot of fun. I, you know, I enjoyed doing it. And, you know, uh, because I was strong, not because I was a good swimmer, uh, yeah. I ended up holding my own just right. uh, simply on a strength post point. But like I look back on that fondly. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, yeah. and I, there was a point where I played about a week and a half of lacrosse before I hit somebody too hard and they didn't like it. You know, yeah. it's, I was, a, I was a lineman. You hit people. There was no yeah. such thing as half speed as a lineman. And you know, that, that's how you just built a little bit different when you do things differently. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where guys that at 10 years old, like, oh, he's just playing baseball. Why? Right. Like I, I've looked at kids that I do lessons with and. You know, I'm like, you need to get your athleticism up, you know, that, that like you need to move more athletically. And one, one of the ways to do that is to do things that athletes do. Do you like, do you enjoy playing basketball? No, not really. Do you, how about soccer, football, hockey, wrestling, yeah. like, something other than holding an Xbox controller? Oh, well, not really. Yeah. Try one. <laughs> just try one. Yeah, you, need to, try you, need to, you need to learn how to move better. And baseball is very specialized movements, as you know. But when you play other sports and do other things athletically, it helps you play baseball because it helps you move more athletically in those specialized movements, you know, and you, you have two options to find ways to gain that athleticism or play other sports to become more athletic. And, Absolutely. Like, and I think, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And I think, um, Hey, if you decide, Hey, I just want to play baseball. Well, make it a point to add extra things to your baseball training, whether that be, you know, like lateral quickness drills and that type of thing, like be athletic. Yes. And, uh, and I think that's huge. Like you don't have to, doesn't have to be like every single thing that you do in the weight room or everything you do when it comes to your mobility or that type of thing. Like don't, don't think to yourself, how does it help baseball wise? It will help you baseball wise. Does it help you become a better athlete? Great. Hammer it. Because the amount of kids that you see that just are lacking that little bit of athleticism that can help you on the baseball field, especially like it's, it's becoming greater by the, by the, by the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. With the, with the more kids that start to get involved in, you know, game, one, of the, so. one of the biggest things I saw over, over my years, especially coaching guys who played hockey, you know, hockey is a, is a tough one when you're a baseball player. 
Yeah. It's tough because ice time is hard to come by. Oh yeah. You get ice time. You got to go because so many people want it, which means that it ends up interfering with a lot of baseball practice. Plus hockey's tough. You know, if, especially if you play for a little bit of a hard ass, who's like, all right, we're doing a bucket skate, which, you know, bring your bucket. You're going to need it type thing. You know, you miss a lot of practice. You miss a lot of reps, but those guys after about two weeks of coming back, usually ended up right on par, if not surpassing. So a lot of the guys who just went to baseball practice once a week and hit in the cage once or twice in between time, because mm-hmm. they're active, they're moving. And all of a sudden that, that conditioning gets pointed to baseball and all of a sudden, boom, they thrive. It was, yep. it, it was, it was, it was always frustrating. Oh, I won't be there. I got hockey. And then like the third time I see them after they're done playing hockey and they're focusing on baseball, I'm like, dude, where you been? Uh, Cause yeah. they're just crushing the ball flying around the base paths. Like it just, it's, it hits a little bit different because, and, and again, as and you, you probably know this, I mean, going out playing catch with your dad as often as possible, hitting, fielding, throwing, whatever you could, whatever yep. you could, if you're going to specialize, you really have to specialize. It can't be once or twice a week until it's season until it's time for the season. It's got to be something you got to want to wake up and do almost every day. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I think, I think, you know, it's, it, maybe that's not baseball for everybody, but when you find something that you're really passionate about, like when you wake up and you think to yourself, man, I can't wait to go hit today. Or you find yourself thinking about your swing and that's, a, you know, when you get older, like I find myself now, like I've been working, um, and this is just a shameless plug for him. A uh, huge shout out to huge as, shout as out if, to Jeremy. as if he of all people needs it. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, huge shout out to Jeremy Nowak. Um, I started working with him about two months ago. Um, I knew that he had worked with a couple guys in the area. One of his bigger, um, the bigger kids that I knew was Dalton Harper from Maryville, and I we played Maryville a bunch when I was in high school, and we played Dalton a bunch. And I always respected him. And congratulations to him on his commitment to Georgia Southern, by the way. Um, another great West New York baseball player that you know did it down south, and now he's going to go down there and play his college ball. Um, if not get drafted, never know. Um, but huge shout out to Jeremy Nowak. Um, the guy loves the game, knows the game really well, and has really helped me um, with my swing and everything. But going back to your point, um, like you got to want to do it all the time and you got to wake up and you got to think baseball, baseball, baseball all the time. And that's what I do. Um, and I mean, it's not for everybody, but personally, like I find myself thinking about my swing all the time. And sometimes it can be a bad thing. I will admit that sometimes I can get in my own head, but, um, it's easier to tone it back than it is to throw it into overdrive. So I'd rather have it. I'd rather have it that way. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you hear about guys, like you talked about playing and doing it down South. Why, you know, guys specialize a lot more down South. Why? Because the weather is better and they can do it year round. So you're playing games year round. You're throwing year round. You're hitting, you're taking live at bats year round. It's a little bit different up here, man. You said it yourself, two feet of snow on the ground. It gets tough to be like, I got to, I should go hit. Yeah. Or the guys who really want to like, I'm gonna go hit, but yeah, Yeah. there's two feet of snow on the ground. You know, that's why I have this membership to this place and I can go hit whenever yeah. I want. Like I'm gonna go hit. Yeah. I mean, there's um I I'm not he, I know he was pretty sure he's an Orchard Park alumni, Brandon Nicholson at one point. He held the record at what it was Inferno slash New Era back then for the number of time, a number of re- member reservations in one off season. I don't remember the mm-hmm. number, but the next closest person was at least 75 reservations behind him. 
He was there yeah. every day. If there was an open cage, he found it and he yeah. just went and swung. And he, I believe he's playing up with the, uh, the well and Jackfish right now and having a pretty, pretty, pretty down darn good season doing it. I've seen some stuff on Twitter about uh, the Jackfish and I, I agree. I think he's having a great season and uh, I, I think that, you know, work breeds results. So Absolutely. Th- there's, there's never going to be a time in anything that you decide to do where you're going to look and be like, damn, I worked too hard at that. I, I just don't think that exists. So yeah, that's if you find yourself in those situations, cause I can tell you uh, from experience, they do exist. Yeah. And when you find them in one run, because it's, yeah. not, it's legit. If you're working that hard and it's not worth it, you're either, you either don't love what you do or you're in a very toxic place. So I can uh, agree with that. Uh, so that we're, we're going to hit the point of the show now where we're, you know, we're hitting that, that coming up to the hour mark, I think, uh, the, well, the problem with zoom is it doesn't tell me how long I've been recording. So, uh, <laughs> but this is the point, you know, any copious shout outs, any, well, okay. Let's start with your favorite personal baseball story. Like I know okay. you said, you know, your week in Cooperstown was awesome. And it's actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I just found out that a kid that I train uh, a couple times a week, never got to go to Cooperstown. Really? He's entering his senior year and he told me, he's like, yeah, he goes, oh, Cooper. I goes, I never got to go. I was like, what? And he's oh, like, yeah, he goes, shame. he goes, yeah, when I was that age, like, and he, he was kind of in the same boat you were. He was from Lancaster, smaller kid, uh, liked it, didn't really know how much he loved it at the time and mm-hmm. was just kind of a house guy, but he yep. was kind of a house guy because he couldn't make a team. Nobody would take him. So he never right. had to go to Cooperstown, which Aww. like talking about that breaks my heart. Yeah, because like. I, I I've gotten to go to dreams park and all-star village. I uh, oh. was able to spend the whole week in all-star village and actually had to leave after the second day or at the end of the second day, when I took my team to dreams park, oh. because I had one college professor told me that if I missed her class, my first week of school, she would fail me. Oh no. So I had to leave to go to Fredonia and I oh. left in tears. I was so heartbroken to leave those kids. That's so I, upsetting. 20, 20 years old, bawling my eyes yeah. on my way back to Fredonia. Go, this sucks. Cause I, <laughs> I wanted to be with, be there with the guys, but. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so favorite baseball story. And then copious shout outs. Thank yous. You know, whatever else you got for the. Uh, absolutely. The All right. Favorite baseball story. <sighs> wow. I mean, obviously I already talked about, you know, telling my dad about um, making a college roster. That's a big one. Um <sighs> Damn, you really put me on the spot. Here. I do this to everybody. I know. I'm sure. <laughs> I just got to think. There's so many baseball memories. It's crazy. Um, here's one that's okay. a little, just a little different. Um, when I was younger, I used to pitch, you know, around the 12, 13 U area, which, you know, everybody's pitched at that time because, sure. you know, why not? Um, but, uh, the umpires uh, was Steven, who we had actually talked about recently. Yep. Um, and it was at Centennial Field, and I think it was my 13-year year. And he was the only ump there and because his partner wasn't going to make it or whatever. So he ended up doing the game from behind the mound. And I was, you know, 13 years old, and I, uh, and I ended up throwing a complete game, no hitter, seven innings. And I just remember that very vividly because every inning he'd throw me the ball as I was walking out, and he'd throw me like this – knuckleball that you know two innings it would be great and then the next inning it would have terrible spin and the whole time we were just talking to each other and after a strikeout he'd be like oh that was a good pitch and I was like oh thanks and it was just seven innings of me talking to him and seven innings of me dealing which was probably one of the last times I ever pitched that good because <laughs> slowly the pitching just got worse and worse um 
so that's that's a baseball memory that I'll really never I'll never forget. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, one other one will be just real quick was my senior year um, winning the section championship with the boys. I mean, I can I'll remember Cam Fuhrer throwing the last pitch, strike three outside corner, and the biggest thing for me was we were at home. We were on our home diamond because uh, of COVID, unfortunately. Right. Um, but we were on our home diamond. We had our home fans there. Um, and I got to, uh, I got to win a sectional championship and, you know, dog pile on my home field that I played at for four years. And, uh, and it was, it was just really great. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, in terms of thank yous, uh, I have a lot of them, um, well, we starting, got time, at, so. starting at the eight U year, um, to Mr. Plonka for just telling me that he believed in me enough to let me be on the team. Um, to Pat DeGrace, who was my nine U coach, uh, his son went to school with me. Um, he always would ask me how I'm doing and, you know, what's been going on outside of baseball, which I appreciated. Um, from 10 U to 14 U, Jim Mercurio, um, again, his son was a great above me, but he coached me for all those years and we would have pool parties at his house all the time. Super amazing guy. His whole family's amazing. Um, I really, really thank him. Um, to, uh, let's see. 15U, Dennis Crawley. Um, obviously, he's battling some stuff right now, as the yep. Western New York baseball community knows. But to see what he's done um, with having that go on and still be there coaching his boys. And uh, I, that was probably one of the funnest summers I had was getting to play with him a little bit. Great guy, great baseball mind, super funny. Uh, I loved every minute of that. So huge thank you to him for just, you know, helping me along in my career. To Neil Turvey, who I haven't seen in forever. Um, I, he, I enjoy, he does, he does tune into this from time to time. So you might hear well, that. Well, if he hears me, I want him to know that, uh, at new era, when I was there for that, those two years, even in the off season, I would book cages there and he was always there. Um, he was really great. Super huge. Thank you to him. Um, to coach Marv Madison and Jim Snyder, who were the Iroquois coaches prior to coach snooze. Um, I, that was my high school career pretty much was playing with them. Um, they were just unbelievable guys cared a lot about their kids. Um, I, I loved every minute of playing with them and then to coach snooze and especially coach RJ, um, coach RJ might be one of the most baseball minded people I've ever met. And I didn't even realize, I didn't even realize how much he's done for the West New York baseball community. Um, but what he did for the Iroquois program for the year that I was there with him was unbelievable. He took care of our field better than our maintenance people ever could. He cared about our, our mound so much. He was there working every day early, um, just unbelievable work. I really appreciated him. And then Jeff Helmbrich and uh, Chris Hodel over at the, uh, over at the prospects, just super amazing guys. Um, I'm super thankful for what they've allowed me to do. I'm super thankful for that showcase year and doing what they could to help me get where I am. And then a shout out to my, uh, my head coach at Vassar, uh, Matt Ryder and uh, assistant coach Blaine Fouquet for giving me the opportunity to play college baseball. Um, and, uh, and more than anyone else, my mom and my dad, um, I might let them listen to this if I feel like it, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but just to anyone out there, um, hug your mom and ask your dad to go play catch because um, it's, it'll, it'll stay with you forever. And you'll look back at those moments and say, this is probably why I am where I am. So, yeah. So that's, that's about it in terms of thank yous. Um, thank you for letting me come on and just tell my, my pleasure, story man. and uh, 
and talk a little bit of baseball. So it was super fun. And, uh, and I, uh, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you carving out a little chunk of your Sunday here. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's been like, I told you it was a, a blast playing with you this summer. It was a great meeting you and getting to know you and talking the game with you all summer long. And, uh, hopefully it's not the last time we get to do that. So hopefully I agree. Uh, I, I know agree you got some big 100%. things coming up and, you know, playing some college leagues or collegiate leagues over the summer, the next couple of years, but hopefully, uh, hopefully yours truly still banging around the diamond enough to, to run into you down the road. <laughs> when college career is over, but, uh, hopefully I would hope so as well. somewhere beyond college as well. Cause uh, thank you so much. The, the heart and dedication is 100% there and you're not a bad little player either. So oh, thanks. Appreciate you. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll definitely be keeping tabs on you, you know, keeping up on uh, what you guys Sounds are good. doing. And who knows? Maybe we'll see each other on the other side. If, uh, you know, Madai and Vassar ever find, find themselves on the opposite side of the field from each other. I've actually heard we played in Florida about two or three years ago. There you I don't go. know if you knew that, but I we did. did. They played, so. Oh, they did. They played each other. And, uh, and I think we got you. I think we clipped you a little bit in that one. I wasn't there, so I can't take credit for that. But I uh, wasn't there either, so I can't. I can't really take the L, but, uh, <laughs> but who who knows? Maybe yeah, who knows? Maybe again. we'll uh, maybe we'll see our, see each other on the other side of the NCAA here. And uh, yeah. That being said, Tip of the Cap podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. www.bicbp-radio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Tip of the Cap Podcast, uh, on Twitter at Tip of the Cap Pod, and. On Instagram, app tip of the cap 716. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And as always, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next time. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.